are. My name is Farhan Joma. I am the CEO and founder of Shasha Network. Today, I am hosting our very first guest speaker series, and I have a wonderful guest with me today, Octavia Goredema. She is a career coach. She is the author of Prep, Push, Pivot. Now, because in all platforms, people will come and have long speeches about who is on the platform that particular day, I am making sure that you get the best people to be listening to them and hearing their stories. I'm not going to waste time. I'm going to give Octavia the platform to tell us the work that she's been doing. Today, I'm very excited because we're also going to be talking about her book, uh, which I know that some of you are going to be really eager to read about, uh, to read and learn more about. So, Octavia, tell us more about yourself. And before we jump into this interview, we really want to get to understand your journey and what led us to be here today. Oh, thank you so much, Faraya. So honoured to be your first speaker. Thank you for the invitation to be here. And I am a career coach. Um, I help professionals at the start of their career, in the middle of their career, mm -hmm. or maybe rapidly ascending um, in their career at various stages. I help professionals do their best work. And I'm really passionate about that. I run a career coaching company called 2010 Agency, and we focus on supporting underrepresented professionals in their career advancement. Um, what that can look like can be lots of different things. Um, we have the privilege of working with companies that are making an investment in the professional development of their talent and want to support those individuals with either one-on-one -on -one coaching or coaching workshops. Um, we put together programs and events um, to support employee resource groups or networks at companies. But I recognize that most people don't have that opportunity to work with a coach maybe their employer isn't able to provide that resource and maybe they themselves especially if you're at the start of your career coaching is expensive it might not even be something that's on your radar and even if it is it just might not be an option for you mm -hmm. and I know that because I lived that experience I I started my career 22 years ago wow in London um, I graduated from the University of Leicester. I have a politics and economic and social history degree from the University of Leicester. And I started my career in London. Um, I moved to Los Angeles, which is where I'm speaking to you from yeah. now, um, 17 years ago. Um, so five, five, six years into my career, um, moved to Los Angeles. My career kept advancing. I never had any career advice outside of having some mentors who I'd connected with along my career path by chance. So fortunate. And my peers, my peers were really important sounding boards for me. It was only when I was in my mid thirties that I worked with a career coach for the first time. And that was transformative for me, not just in terms of my own professional 
advancement, but it actually was the catalyst for me to make a career pivot of my own and to become a career coach. So I still have a coach to this day. I, I firmly believe that um, coaching is valuable regardless of where you are in your career, but a lot of people don't have access to it. And so I wanted to write my book, Prep, Push, Pivot, um, for underrepresented women at every key moment that we might face in our careers, whether that's figuring out what we want to do next or negotiating our salary when we found a role that we're really excited about or asking for a promotion after we've been working really, really hard and, and want to be more visible and want to take that next step. Or maybe when we're navigating a career break um, or planning to take some time away, whether that's to pursue education or to be a caregiver or to start a family. And then also how we can not just make career changes if we need to, like I did, but also how we can pay it forward mm -hmm. and support others, even while we're advancing in our careers. I think that's incredibly important. I, I think, and I'm really inspired by the fact that you're a career coach, but you also have your own coach. Oh, so yes. That goes a long way to just talk about who you are as a person. You know, you are a coach getting another coach and that signals a lot to people within our audience that there's never a place where you feel like, oh, I've arrived and so I'm going to be the grand master coach for everyone. But you've given us some information on your book. I think one of the things that I really liked reading through your profile, you've been on NBCA, you've been on all these top news platforms with the government in the US. When, as you're progressing through your career, what, at what point did you think, okay, Octavia, we've, we've gone through the process, this is the time to publish a book? And what, at what point did that strike you? Oh, for right. I've always wanted to be an author. Wow. I wanted to become an author when I was eight years old. I, I wrote a letter. Yeah, I wrote a letter to, to Penguin and asked, how do you become an author? At the time, it would not have been a <laughs> career coaching book. <laughs> it would have been something way cooler than that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but I always wanted to be an author. It's, it's a lifetime goal for me. So there's, it's always been not always a driving force. It's always been something that if you like, what would you like to do one day? Oh, yes. I want to write a book. I, I always knew that. And, you know, this wasn't my first attempt at writing a book. I, I've had mm -hmm. ideas that I started and progressed and, they, and they, ne they never translated. But this actual book, Prep, Push, Pivot, I, I was speaking at an event at the University of Oxford. Um, gosh, I'm going to say maybe four years ago. Wow. I was part of an exhibition that they had at the university. Um, for a year um, called Women Who Dead. And it was celebrating women from the UK who have made substantial achievements or accomplishments in various fields. Um, and I was one of many women, <laughs> but I was one of the women that were featured in the exhibition. And I, I flew back to the UK from Los Angeles to see the exhibition. And I they were having an event um, for International Women's Day, coinciding with the unveiling of the exhibition. And I, I firmly believe if you don't ask, you don't get. So I was like, 
can I speak at the event, please? <laughs> and, like, and I think I asked about five times. And they're like, okay, yes, yes, you can speak. And I, I, I spoke at the event and my mom came with me and I was incredibly proud, but my mom and I were the only black women in the room. And that has been the case at so many points in my career. I've been the only black woman perhaps in a meeting or on a project or on a team or an event or, and I'm not alone in that experience. So many of us have felt that and experienced that and continue to feel that and experience that. And I thought in that moment, after I spoke and so many people were asking me questions, coming to speak to me, I was like, well, what if you weren't in the room and didn't hear what I and other women shared? What if you weren't in the spaces where you can have someone who can answer a question for you? What what does that feel like? And, um, and what does that mean? And I really, really thought about it. And I thought about some of the challenges and obstacles that I had faced in my professional journey and that I coach around. And I just decided I needed I've, I've always shared career advice whether that's via websites that I've had or writing content for magazines um, like Black Enterprise and newspapers like The Guardian in the UK and 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 companies blogs and my own platforms I've always shared but I just felt I really I needed to do this and then it, it, it coincided with me just always having this goal and me wanting to see what would happen if i just kept pursuing this goal what might come of that mm. that's how it came into being so definitely it happened at an intersection of so many things that yes. have been building to this interesting reality and, and and i think because this is something that you've carried for a very long time in you yes. um i remember reading the book which i've really been enjoying thank you and at the beginning you talk about values, right? Yes. Career values. And, and, and I think to our audience specifically, this matters because I think before you jump onto any particular journey to want to become whatever you aspire to be, career values are important. Would you mind telling us a bit more about, about the, the importance of career values and why they matter? Because I think this is something that is very well explored in your book. Oh, thank you. And yes, I, I opened the first chapter of Prep, Push, Pivot, talking about knowing your worth mm. and cementing your career values, because f- for exactly the reason that you've outlined it, it's, it's the foundation for everything that we do. Mm. And if you're at the start of your career, especially, it can be really hard to trust your own instincts Mm. about what's the most important thing for you, not just to pursue, but once you're pursuing your career, Mm. because it's not just about, oh, well, what should I do? It's actually how should I work and how should I grow my career? And there's always going to be things that we learn as we go. We have to try things to understand if we're even going to like them or want to do more of them or be any good at them or <laughs> or overcome them. Um, so exploration is incredibly important. But as you're exploring and experiencing, I want readers to really pay attention to how things feel to them. 
Mm. What your career feels like, no one else is going to know. Nobody. You might have what looks like the best job in the world with this fantastic title at this fantastic company. But if you're not enjoying all the things about it that don't align with what matters most to you, none of the rest matters. And so your career values isn't just about where you work and what your job title is, but it's about what excites you? What what do you want to do more of? What are the things that you need at work to allow you to thrive? And that could be culture, environment, location, people. It could be all sorts of, you get to decide what's the must have for you. What are the things that you don't want to do more of or don't want to experience? Um, and then also, what are the things that make you really proud in the work that you do? These might be things that are visible to others. They might be things that no one else actually knows. It might be how you feel after you're doing certain things or what's rewarding for you. And then your values are also, there's a forward-looking aspect to them too about what do you want to be known for? Um, what do you want to try? Um, what do you think you might like to experience? And all of those things matter. And it's not very often that anyone will ask you those questions. So and it's really, in school, right? Yeah. 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 People don't often ask you those questions. So it's, it's important for you to ask them of yourself, not just once, not just when you're picking your vocation or picking what to study or picking what to apply for. Ask yourself those questions regularly. Do your own performance appraisal where you're not assessing how well you're ticking off the list of all the things you need to do, but how things feel for you and what matters to you. And, and your career values can shift. I mean, we all are navigating so much in this moment of time. Mm. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about and discourse about how people are saying, oh, actually, no, I'm not interested anymore in doing this or that. Um, but you, it, you can have these questions throughout your career and pay attention to what your responses are. And in my book, I hold space for documenting those. But it's something for you to just always have front of mind because no one else is going to be as invested in your career as you need to be in yourself. That's powerful. No one is going to be as invested in your career as you need to be. I think if we had every organization put that at the entrance, <laughs> that would mean something. Like as you walk into a company, you remember that because yes. I, th I think often we really forget about this particular aspect. And I think just to, to, to go with a sort of like a wild kind of question, you talked about feeling, which is one key thing that, we, we really pay attention to our feelings and what, what it feels like when we are doing work that fulfills us. And you are definitely someone based off of your track record and the things that you've done in your career. Do you remember or recall the first time when you're doing the work that you're doing and you said, this feels good, Octavia? And we're oh, doing yeah, abs absolutely. Um, every day now, there is something I'm excited about, whether it's talking to you today or doing a, a coaching session, which I'm going to be doing this afternoon after we finish this call, 
or preparing for an event, but it wasn't always like that. I remember, I don't know how many years ago it was, but um, I was talking to a colleague. Um, I can't remember how the conversation came up because it wasn't meant to be a deep conversation, but it ended up being very profound for me. But mm. I remember asking him about his work and he said, when I'm doing it, it just flows. I'm just in the zone and I just, it just flows. And I looked at him and I just realized, I don't know what that feels like. And that was a moment for me when I really had to do those career values questions for myself mm -hmm. and really think about what am I doing and why? And we're not always going to feel that way every single day. There's always going to be things where we're like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> Well, that didn't go how I wanted it to go or that are frustrating. But fundamentally, mm. we want to be having that feeling um, or at least know that the things we don't want to do are allowing us to get to that feeling more often or to give space for that feeling. And so, yeah. And, and of course, even when I when in my case, I'm doing what I really want to do, there's still fear there. Doesn't mean I'm fearless. If anything, mm. it, it can the stakes are higher because it matters it really 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 matters um and whenever you're doing something for the first time that matters to you or pushing forward um and progressing the, everything is is new and as adults we get afraid to make mistakes we mm. get afraid we think making a mistake or stumbling or getting something wrong or not being able to do something the very best we <laughs> possible is awful and it's not it's not that's that's how we we grow and we learn but I also recognize as a black woman in the workplace for underrepresented professionals there are so few of us so to get wherever we are whatever that is there has been work that is invisible to so many other people and the stakes are even higher <laughs> and so I recognize that there's a whole confluence that mm. goes into the feelings we might have about how we work what we work what opportunity looks like for us compared to others um, but within that um, I, I'm still advocate that no one else is going to be as invested in us as we need to be in ourselves even if we have great bosses and even if we we are advancing it's still your career is yours it doesn't belong to anybody else so i'm getting very excited about this but i know we have 30 minutes right <laughs> what's one thing or something that you hope someone that reads prep push pivot walks away with after reading the book know your worth even if it's not being reflected back to you. That's the time when you have to know your worth the most. Wow. Um, it matters so much. There'll be times when you apply for a role and you don't get it. There'll be times when you ask for a promotion and you're told no. There'll be times when you are striving to do something and it's not, it's not happening for you. Don't give up. And don't often validation and recognition comes way after all the work and persistence and perseverance and difficult times have happened way after. So 
keep taking steps towards what you want. But most importantly, keep believing you deserve what you want. Keep believing you deserve what you want. Well, that is some really heartfelt and phenomenal message from you, Octavia. I hope you're listening to this if you are tuning in and keep knowing your worth. Now, we're going to end on a lighter note. So I've put together some rapid fire questions for Octavia, which I'm going to give you no time to respond to. So make sure you're as fast as possible in responding to them. Okay. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> okay. Who would you have casted as Octavia in a movie about your life? Oh, it would have to be my youngest daughter. Wow. <laughs> she, she, she can do a really good impression of me. <laughs> what was her name? Her name's Marissa. And Marissa. yes, she, she could do a really good impression of me. So it would have to be her. <laughs> Marissa is definitely getting a script to you. What's your favorite animal? Oh, um, well, to Marissa's great disappointment, we do not have any pets, but <laughs> I, I live... 10 minutes from the Pacific Ocean. And so I'd have to say dolphins because seeing dolphins never gets old for yeah. me. I don't see them every time I'm at the ocean, mm -hmm. but um, when you do, it's just so special. So definitely dolphins. <laughs> Great. Deal breaker in relationships. Oh, People who don't do what they say they're going to do. I really mm. struggle with that. Um, of course, we, there's so much that goes on and happens, but just communicate if something's changing. I find that really difficult if people don't do what they say they're going to do. Mm. Communication. Yes. Phone call or text? Oh, phone call. Um, so as a coach, conversations are just so important. And then just personally too, I, I like hearing people's voices. <laughs> Favorite book of all time? That's a really hard one because um, there are so many great books, but I really enjoyed Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes, um, the television producer and executive. Um, she is someone who is so talking about being the only, <laughs> she is, you know, the, the highest paid black female showrunner um, and incredibly acclaimed, but she talked very openly and authentically in her memoir about her struggles as someone who is successful and has made it, but her persistent struggles to break out of her comfort zone and to do things she was afraid of and so after her sister kind of told her straight you never say yes to anything she was like okay she's right I need to do something about that and while the fact she never said yes to anything wouldn't probably not have been apparent to so many people around her who watch her and want a career like hers she really committed to doing things that she was afraid to do and documenting that process I thought that was incredibly brave wow well that's that's a very inspiring story and please feel free to also 
go check out that book by Shonda Rhimes. And this has been a wonderful uh, conversation. Octavia, really appreciate you taking time off of your busy schedule. It's morning time in San Francisco now. So super, super early in the, in the morning on the West Coast. So wishing you a great rest of the week. And we will be putting the link to the book on this video. So feel free to check out. It's available on Amazon. Yes, um, you can find Prep Push Pivot wherever you love to buy books. Um, WH Smith, Waterstones, Amazon. It's available in hardcover and also as an audio book too. Great. Thank you so much, Octavia. Thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. Bye-bye. Bye.